Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and have a discussion about music. This week we're not doing our normal album listen review thing, we're doing another discography draft. And this week is a special one because we're trying something a little bit different. We are doing a Blink-182 Universe discography draft. So not just what came from Blink-182 themselves, but all the side projects that followed after Blink-182. I have to make that distinction because there's a few projects that came before the band. But my name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Brand. My friend, how are you today? Hi, Scott. I'm really glad you'd be here. <laughs> Do the whole thing like Tom DeLonge did. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm good. I, listening to all this Blink and Blink-related material this week has put me in a fantastic it, mood. So I'm actually excited about it. does something for you when you listen to, like, almost nothing but Blink-182 for an entire week. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to remain happy after we'll see how this draft shakes out. I'm going to do uh, some notes that I took down about Blink-182, but I mean, most people know about Blink-182 uh, at this point in the world. And then we're going to we're going to start our, our picks. So first up, uh, Blink-182 is an American rock band that formed in 1992 in California. The original lineup consisted of bassist and vocalist Mark Hoppus, guitarist, vocalist Tom DeLonge, and drummer Scott Rayner. Scott Rayner left the band, technically was fired due to some heavy alcohol use, uh, which led to fighting and tension in the band. He left in 1998 during a tour supporting the band's major label debut and eventual platinum certified album, Dude Ranch. The position was taken up by the Aquabats drummer, Travis Barker. This is why I said we're doing everything after Blink-182 because we're not throwing Aquabats in the mix because Travis was part of Aquabats. And we're not throwing Alkaline in the mix because uh, Matt Skiba was in Alkaline before joining Blink-182. That was my question, because I was going to try and get from here to infirmary again. <laughs> no. We're, Just we're, so we're clear. Just so we're clear. That's we are not doing do. that. Yeah, Tom DeLong has quit the band twice. Uh, wants to begin the band Boxcar Racer and a second time in 2015 to start the band Angels and Airwaves. 
Tom was replaced by Alkaline Trio guitarist and vocalist Matt Skiba. In Blink-182's Downtime and Hiatus, Mark founded band Plus 44 with Travis, who had also joined Tom DeLonge in Boxcar Racer. Mm-hmm. Also, Travis went on to uh, join the band The Transplants with rancid musicians Tim Armstrong, Matt Freeman, and Lars Fredrickson. If if you're going to run down Travis's discography of everything he's done after Blink, it we're going to be here all day. Wild. We, we, how busy that guy has stayed. <laughs> we could honestly draft Travis Barker's discography. Like, that's how much yeah, we could. He's, he's done, done a lot. Actually, it's it's wild. I saw him doing, like, a covers set with Post Malone. Like, Nirvana. I think it was Nirvana covers that they were doing. I was like, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Tra- and Travis is all over the board too. Like he'll do a rock record. Then he'll do a yeah. straight hip hop. Yeah. He like, features on like everybody's is, stuff. Yeah. He's, he's one of a kind. I, I really do believe that for a while. I thought he was just like this right. punk drummer. Yeah. that was good. But now I, I genuinely think he might be a drum genius. I know we've talked about it with rappers, but Travis Barker is an alien. <laughs> yeah. I think he might be. I think he yeah. might be. Though their sound has diversified throughout their career, Blink-182 blends catchy pop melodies with fast-paced punk rock. Their lyrics center on relationships, adolescent frustration, and maturity or lack thereof. The group emerged from a suburban Southern California skate punk scene and gained notoriety for high-energy live shows and irreverent humor. Have you ever been to a Blink show? I saw Blink-182 in 05. Oh four, oh okay. five, somewhere around there. Sure. Oh six. Right. It's in that. It's in that general vicinity. They they were the they were the closer of a festival. Also on that festival, some forty one. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, three eleven. Um, three eleven had their time. I think that might be past their time, but they were an incredibly big band in the late nineties. I'm looking up this exact lineup now because I'm I'm invested. Okay, no, it was 03 is when I saw it. Okay. And right. it was, uh, Blink was the closer, three, a- aforementioned 311, sure. aforementioned some yeah. 41, Puddle of Mud, which I've talked about that before. <laughs> you never, never miss a chance to see Puddle of Mud. Never. I always got to be there. Yeah. Uh, Def Leppard played that. that wow, festival. that's wild. Saw them. And then Saliva Oof. and Trapped. Wow, <laughs> that is a show I would not have paid money to go to. <laughs> it was it was free. I did not pay money. Oh, fantastic! What was the what was it called? It was the Rolling Rock Town Fair. Okay. Uh, it was my mother was a bartender, so we she talked got, about that before. Yeah, yeah, she got free tickets from the Rolling Rock distributor guy. And then the next year, I just had to bring this up because I'm on the page, and I'll probably never revisit sure. this. The next year, I saw them. I, I went to that same festival, and it was Finger Eleven, Finch. Oh man, that's it. Three Days Grace. Not bad at that Hoover time. Stank. Oh, wow. Seven Dust. They put on an amazing show. The Crystal Method. Whoa. Disturbed. Mm. NERD. Okay. Wow. Stained. Jesus. And Velvet Revolver. Okay. Wild. That is a crazy Loved lineup. It. Loved it. Big fan. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. No, it's good. Back to the Blink draft. Sure. Back to the Blink draft. That's when I saw them. I saw them in 03. I saw them in 98 or 99, I think. Maybe 2000. Early. Yeah. Yep. I was I was a fan. And you only saw them once? No. I saw them with uh, Green Day. Uh, I was side stage watching Blink play. Oh, that was that show? Yeah. Yeah. 
Travis was okay. on a a kit that raised up into the air and did like a a circle, like rotated and stuff. Like like Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was wild. I don't know. For some reason, I hear all the time that Tommy Lee is a great drummer. I don't hear but it. But like, <laughs> if you're if you're a great drummer, why do you got to be riding a roller coaster around the fucking stage? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, back to the Blink draft. I apologize. Uh, Blink-182 straightforward approach and simple arrangements, which help initiate pop punk's mainstream rise, made them popular among generations of listeners. Worldwide, the group has sold 50 million albums and have moved 13 million copies in the U.S. They are also the recipients of 10 San Diego Music Awards, three Teen Choice Awards, two Kerrang! Awards, and two MTV Europe Music Awards. They got them all. They got all the all the hardware. All the big ones. They don't need a Grammy. They hmm, what beat them out? Uh, no, I'm trying to think because no, we'll talk about certain albums when we get there. I guess sure. I don't want to talk about certain albums right now. We have a lot of albums to pick through. Yeah, we sure do. Everything by Blink. Everything by Angels and Airwaves. Everything by The Transplants. Everything by well, the album of Boxcar Racer. The album of Plus Forty Four. Yeah. So there's a lot. Maybe we'll do six instead of five. No, I think we should stick with five. <laughs> Unless you want to do like a lightning round, we could do a lightning round maybe. But oh, that'd be just, fun. Let's stick with five currently. So I got the first pick. I won the first pick. Yeah, you got the first pick. It was it, that was that was the craziest rock paper scissors we've had. It was it was three rounds. It was three rounds. We both yeah. threw scissors first. We both threw paper right after, and then you beat me out because I thought you were going to throw a rock, so I threw paper and you threw scissors. I think you, you had me mentally. I think you had me. I, I, I think I did too. After you said you didn't know what to throw, I was like, I'm in his head. I got you. <laughs> I, got you. Well, I have the first pick. You do. So, so first pick. First pick of the Blink-182 Universe draft. What is your pick? I need to remain true to myself here. Yes, that is what we need to do. I need to pick the album that means the most to me, that has always meant the most to me. Sure. Just don't pick the one I want. <laughs> I, I have an idea of what you're going for on this, and I have an idea what I'm going for. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that there's going to be some crossover somewhere, but I think we're both going to be a little okay. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. But for the first pick, I have to take it. This album is a 10 in my book. A I don't 10? say a lot of albums are 10. This album is a 10. It's a perfect record. There's no skips. Oh, wow. And it's take off your pants and jacket. I had a feeling you might go with that one for your first one. Because I have to. When we've talked Blink-182, you have professed to me your love for this record. It's perfect. It's a 10 for me. The previous record, I'm not going to say the name of it, even though we all know what we're talking about here. Yeah. The record <laughs> prior to this ended with Anthem. Yes, This did. record opens with Anthem Part 2, which is an amazing opener. Amazing I do opener. love the opener. Yep. I'm a big fan. The, the track Online Songs... Whenever I downloaded Blink's discography and I would try to play the song Josie, I thought it was online songs every single time (laughs) because (laughs) because online songs, it starts with Josie, Josie, you're my source of most frustration. Yeah. Honestly, until maybe this week, I didn't realize that that was online songs. I thought that was Josie. (laughs) That's so funny. First date is the video I've probably watched more than any music video in the history of watching music videos. I love right? the first date video. I love the first track. I love the first date, the track. I love it. It's so good to me. Yeah. The rock show I, I lived by and it was like a dream that I had. Everybody and I was like, this is going to happen show. to me. 
I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to fall in love with a girl at the rock show. It's going to yeah. happen. This is it. This is the dream. It's, it, yeah, it's a thing that happens. Stay together for the kids is my all time favorite that Blink One Eight Two song. Such an amazing song. It's it's the number one song. There, Blink One Eight Two will never write a song that goes above it for me. It's my yeah. it's my favorite Blink song. It will always be my favorite Blink song. Yeah, and I listen to that a lot at like certain really down periods of my life. Yeah, I can see that. And it's crazy now to think that it really is twenty years now lost. Yeah. That's wild. Like I was in my head and in my feelings listening to this this week. And it's like, it really is 20 years now lost. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's insane yeah. to me. Reckless Abandon is the most underrated Blink-182 track. I fully believe that. And it's I will, I will throw my weight behind that forever. It's underrated. It's not fucking talked about enough. I don't even know if they played it the last time they were all together playing. I don't know. Please Take Me Home is a great closer. It's a perfect album. It's a 10. I love every track. There's not a skip on it. It. I needed it. And I actually thought if I didn't get the first pick, I would be all right. But yeah. I'm still glad I got it and had to pick it. Now, I have to ask you, do you pick the red, yellow, or green version? I don't know. I don't know which version I had. There was three different versions of this CD when it came out. Yeah, I don't know which one. Each one, one had, had two different bonus tracks on it. Which were the bonus tracks? I can tell you which one I had then. Uh, the red had time to break up and mother's day yellow. That's the one I had, but yellow yellow had what went wrong and fuck a dog, which is the one I had. Ooh, hold on. Green had don't tell me it's over. And when you fucked grandpa, Oh, they put out a deluxe version that had all the bonus tracks on it. They might have, they might have. Then that might be what I had because I know every one of those tracks. (laughs) So like I, I I may have had either the deluxe or I may have had them all. That could be an option. Sure. At the time before, before this week, I had never heard the bonus tracks off the red or the green. (laughs) I had only heard the yellow ones. Yeah. So it was really wild for me. That's going back and hearing new blink songs to me from this period of their careers. Well, I have awesome. <laughs> I have a similar situation in their discography at some point, and I'm sure it's going to get taken. Yeah. So we'll talk about it there. Awesome. I took take off your pants and jacket. So Scott, please, what's your first pick? So my first pick is going to be self-titled. Wow. Okay. I, again, there what? is another Not record. Are you going? Yeah, there is another record that gets more love. But this one for me, it's where Tom came back, mm-hmm. right, uh, for the first time. And they took a more serious approach to their songwriting. They definitely did. And I was yeah. anti that when it happened. I, a lot of people were. A yeah. lot of people were. But like you said, take off your pants and jacket. My favorite song off that record is Stay Together for the Kids, mm-hmm. which is a more serious song. 100%. And from another record previous to these, there is another song that blew up huge and was a more serious song that also meant a lot to me. So them taking this move to being more serious, like just cemented the love I had for them on this album. There's also, so we had talked about it in our Cure episode. I was mistaken when I said off of the Cure self-titled record, I thought they did some work with Blink-182. It's off. It's it is off because it. it's off of this record. Yeah. Which I believe came out around the same time. All of this 
with Robert Smith on it mm-hmm. is probably my favorite Blink song ever. I've always liked the song. Like I've always liked the riff and I like the song. Yeah. But it meant more to me knowing Robert Smith and knowing the cure than yeah. it did. Especially the first time I heard this record, I hated it. I, and it turned, it, yeah. turned, it turned me off of Blink. I didn't listen to Blink after this. Yeah. Like I said, I think a lot of people had that same feeling. Like even from the opener, yeah. feeling this was such a bad experience for me. It was, it was so different. Yeah. And also in this, in this record, I feel like they let Travis do a lot more of what Travis does. Yeah. Which especially it, at the beginning of feeling this, that like he just which goes, makes it a better record. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like it makes it a better I, record. I watched, it wasn't a documentary, but it, it was something where they were talking about the making of a previous record and they brought Travis in and he was going, he was supposed to be seen as a third songwriter. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that happened until this self-titled record for real. I don't, I don't know if he was credited until this, this record. Like I, that, I, that I think it was just not sure. Mark and Tom were credited for songwriting. Yeah. But I mean, the, the flow of this record, the more seriousness of the, the songs, which don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of the blink 182 humor era as well, mm-hmm. but the transfer from easy target to all of this is so amazingly seamless. The fact that they put that end riff that they put that end riff of easy target and made it the entire riff of all of this is phenomenal craftsmanship. Oh, easy target is underrated as shit too. Like that. 100%. That tracks. incredible. All of everything of this record. I love the I Miss You track, which was one that blew up huge off of this record. It's a perfect track. It is amazing. It's a, it's I'm, not a, I'm not a big Nightmare Before Christmas guy, mm-hmm. but I love the references. Yeah. And then just, I, I don't know, dude, I, I love this record so much. And it is, I wish I had a physical copy of, of the, the vinyl. I don't, I don't know why you don't yet. I got, that was one of the first Blink track, one of the, one of the first Blink records I've got on vinyl. I think another record that we will probably talk about was my first, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so good. I love it. I and that the fallen interlude where she starts talking, where the female voice talks about the letter she hasn't read, mm-hmm. or, or she's read four times, and she'll read more time. Yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. The biggest part of this record, which is the poppiness, is what I fought so hard when it came out, which is what makes me love it so much now. Yeah, it's it's well. So here's the thing. Blink 182 has been ever present in my life since like 97. Mm -hmm. So when I was 97, I was 15. Mm -hmm. And at that point in their career, their songwriting was the best songwriting I had ever heard up in, at at that point. Yes. It was it was written for 15-year-olds. Yeah. Moving on in time, this record is perfect for where I was in 2003. So isn't I was it, Isn't it November 20- November 18th, 2003? Yeah. Yeah. I lo- I know this exact date. A, a mere I don't know, let's call it a little over a month later. Your boy was putting his penis inside of a vagina for the first time. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> so it's it's a really weird thing in my head when I think of listening to this record when it came out. And oh. and by the way, I'm not advocating this. It was too young to lose your virginity. But <laughs> you were I was, young, young. I was 13. Holy shit. I was 13 years old. So the idea of like, I thought I wasn't supposed to enjoy this. And then (laughs) a mere little more than a month later. And I'm a, I'm I'm a different person, I guess you could say. (laughs) It's just, I was 21 when this came out and it hit different for me too. Yeah. 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 It definitely hit, definitely hit something. Wow. I remember riding with my girlfriend at the time's mother to buy this CD and listen to it in the car on the way back to her house. That's wild. So yeah, I, I had a wild, wild year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had a wild year. My story is nowhere near as serious. I just really <laughs> like the album. <laughs> I like, I, I like the album a lot. And like now is now listening to it. Yeah. It's so good. I forget how many bangers are on it. Oh, it's so many. If there are any negatives that I could say, the interludes don't do much for me. Like I, I get I it. Dig them. Yeah. I get it. They they don't do much for me. And some of the tracks are a little long. Yeah. As as much as I like down, I hear angels and airwaves in it. So that kind of hampers me a little bit on down. <laughs> I kind of feel that's crazy because I felt like to get Tom back into the band, they had to be like, okay, We'll yeah. we'll do some crazy atmospheric shit that you want, <laughs> and yes, you definitely hear angels and airwaves in that track. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah, and they, this was before angels and airwaves, but that's but yeah. what he wanted to be. Like Tom was that's already wanted, ready yeah. to do that shit. One hundred percent. So now that I got my first pick out of the way, <laughs> yeah, what's it's your second pick? Uh, I can't believe I'm getting both of these because both of these do mean the world to me. I had to get take off your pants first, but Enema of the yeah. State. Okay. I mean, even if it wasn't my second favorite Blink record, I would have to take mm-hmm. it here for value because is it, I think it's the most selling Blink-182 record. Like, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it it, it made them blow up. Like, it's well, a yeah, whole another ball Huge game. for them. Yeah. Dumpweed is an amazing opener. I love it. And this, Enema of the State, is where my Blink, like the Blink that I deal with the most and that i recognize the most and that i think of when i think of blank this is where it it starts like through and through this is my what's my age again and all the small things it's much glossier it's much more polished than previous records sure just pop punk classic after pop punk classic is this the best is this like the best pop punk album ever like it's it's wild to me to put that i I couldn't argue it with myself when i thought about it right (laughs) Everything flows together flawlessly. It's so crisp. It's so snappy. Travis adding his drumming into this. And I'm not discounting the Scott Rayner drumming because it is it's very yeah. good. It's very adequate. But there is a difference between a good punk rock backbeat and a drum yeah. genius doing like improv on the on the drums in between tracks, it seems. Like he's yeah, he's like so a jazz wild. musician back there. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. This is the record where I was talking about having the more serious song that like meant a lot to me. Adam's Adam song, song yeah. is just flawless. A hundred percent. I agree. It's a 10. Also yeah. it's, I mean, oh, at, at the same point in a different direction was my age again. And all the small things, the two major hits, they're both flawless songs in their own right. Like they're both, yeah. yes, they're comedic and fun, but they're also 
so well put together that they can't be denied, which is why they weren't oh, yeah. denied. So an enemy of the state had to come off. I can't quite put it at a 10. It's at a 9.75 for me because <laughs> there's a couple tracks where I'm just like, uh, there's some that didn't age great. I will say that yeah. also. Yeah. Um, but that's like the humor. Some of the humor was not yep. the best back then. Yeah. The party song. I tried to learn to sing that for let's call it a oh, year. Man. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> I was so jealous of my friend who could do it. And then after yeah. like I tried so long, couldn't do it. And then he could still do it. I, I We might not have been friends anymore. Like I don't think I, I think I ended that relationship because he could sing the party song and I could not. <laughs> so this is the tour that I saw them the first time. Okay. That yeah, that and they been. had they had bad religion open for them. That's insane. I was in my feelings about that for the longest time. <laughs> because as most people, well, not most people, as some people know, Bad Religion has been a band since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. They are punk rock godfathers to me. They are like my first Real punk show. They were the band I saw. Yeah, they're punk rock royalty. I, d- I don't consider this Blink-182 show with them opening my first punk show. Because it was at like an arena type thing. It was an open air venue. It was huge. I saw Bad Religion play the first like club show I ever went to. Okay. And I, I have loved Bad Religion since I was 12. 13 mm-hmm. and it, having them open i was just like so angry about but that's the pop part of the pop punk of blink 182 like they they brought bad religion in because they were so much bigger because of their pop aspect yeah oh yeah so, no I, that, I agree and i think it's awesome like now that i look back on it yeah i think it's awesome that they brought bad religion to all these kids that had never been into punk at all right yeah they gave bad religion a huge stage to play on mm-hmm. and like who knows how many of the kids at however many of the shows went to go on and like love bad religion because that was, that was a big record for them too. Shit. I can't remember the name of it. The new America. I think it's called the new America. That record was probably bad religions poppiest record to come out, but it has some amazing tracks on it. And I fell in love with that record real, real easily. So being able to see them play in front of a crowd of thousands of kids at the time, I was like, oh, I'm so much more punk than all of you. <laughs> but now now I appreciate the fact that they were given that stage. Yeah. So without Enema of the State, that wouldn't have happened. I love Enema of the State as well. It is, I think it is by far their highest selling record. Well, I mean, you add the comedy of their music videos and TRL was the biggest thing at the time. Like TRL was huge. Yeah. Them running around naked. Yeah. <laughs> skyrocketed this record on it's it's unreal it's so good i i love it like i said though there's just a a a couple things off it that didn't age great but that's to be expected from a pop punk band of fucking 99 i guess oh 100 so i am i'm unbelievably already satisfied i gotta take off an enema so scott yeah what's your next pick take whatever man i'm good to go my next pick i swore up and down that this was actually gonna be my first pick but it's it's my second pick. It is Boxcar Racer's self-titled record. I saw that. I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah, I I absolutely needed this thing. 
Um, I was honestly worried you were going to get it with your first pick because <laughs> this record is flawless to me. I love this record so much. It is the point where, so yeah, Tom broke away from Blink-182. He wanted to put together a more serious hardcore record is what he called it. It is definitely not hardcore. I won't it, give it that. There's some that's a little heavier, but it's not there, a hardcore record. It is, but it is not. Yeah. Uh, he wanted it more in the vein of like um, like a Fugazi record, which I think he he accomplished pretty well. But there still is like a little bit of the, the Blink-182 humor in there. But I love the fact that he got Tim Armstrong on one of these songs. And I love the fact that he calls him into it. Because at the beginning of the song, the riff is playing and he's like, go and then tim tim comes in and just starts singing it's great i love travis's work on it i think this is another uh, another point where travis just goes off and there's there's singles off this record that i think uh did amazing for it and i'm really bummed that there was never a follow-up but i'm also really happy that there was never a follow-up because i don't want there to have to be one to this record i I think i think i said that to you i said that if there was ever a second boxer racer record i don't think it would be good yeah, no, I, I I can't imagine what a boxcar racer second record would look like. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have to know because mm-hmm. I love this thing so much. Full disclosure, I almost didn't listen to this record because I I, I was like, he's gonna get it anyway. Like I'm not even gonna <laughs> not even gonna not even gonna try. I, I did end up listening to it. It was the la- it was the last thing I listened to in my was like, it? listening through of everything I listened through. Uh, I feel so is a perfect track. It's so good. It, to it's me, so though, I love that distorted, like that discordant piano at the beginning. Yeah, it, it's uh, like it just puts you in this headspace and then just rips your face off once the once the guitar comes in. I think there is is also a perfect track. Like there's just perfect tracks. It's it's crazy how many perfect tracks you can attribute to these three men. Like yeah. no matter where at, it's like that's a perfect track. It can't be. It can't be better. Letters to God is probably one of my all-time favorite songs ever. Okay. That song, I just, like I said, I get in my feelings about it. Like, I feel it so much. And it's just, um, it's amazing. Amazing. I, I, I like the album. I love yeah. some tracks. Like, I love sure. some of these tracks. But I don't love the album as a whole. I gotcha. That's understandable. Mark appearing on Elevator is very That's weird wild, to me. right? It's very weird to me. That's really wild. But I welcome it because I honestly believe that Boxcar Racer is, it feels like the connective tissue between Angels and Airwaves and Blink-182 because there are aspects Mm -hmm. of Blink-182. And then Tom is doing his just hardest wine voice of his career. (laughs) Yes, yes, that is true. And not just the whining, but the whining where he's not, he's taking so long to say nothing. (laughs) Like he's just... (laughs) Like, it's like, Tom, that was one word. We're a minute and a half in. What are we doing, dog? But some of these tracks I love, but I, I can't, I don't love the record as a whole. The thing with Elevator, it made me feel like the Blink split at the time wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. Because w- when it happened, when Tom left to do Boxcar, everybody was up in arms about it. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's the end of Blink-182. What's going on? How could Tom do this? They're so huge and blah, blah, blah. But then Mark being on elevator made me feel like it's okay. <laughs> like, like he signs uh, off on this. He, he says it's yeah, okay. Exactly. Exactly. And then Travis being a part of the band 
although being the newest part of the band also made me feel like it was all right. Yeah. So yeah, I fell in love with this record when it came out. Uh, I remember hearing about it. Like, I think I feel so was the, was it, I feel so, or was there is the opening, the single for it. I think it was, I feel so. I think so. But the first hearing of that, like I knew I needed to get it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's such a good album. I think it's, I think it is phenomenal. It definitely appealed to some of my friends more than it did to me because at that point I still wanted fun Blink-182. I didn't want right. the seriousness. Well, when it came out, you were that age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When it came yeah. out for me, I I just turned 20. Yeah, you didn't want dick jokes. You I, weren't. No, I was. Yeah, I was over the dick jokes. Mm-hmm. And I got the more serious, uh, which I think like coming off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket moving into something more serious and Tom saying he wanted to do something more serious and hardcore. Like I was into that. Mm -hmm. Like I was into minor threat. Like I was like, fuck yeah, let's, let's get this. And it didn't quite match minor threat to me, but it was still what I needed at the dawn of my twenties. That's fair. That's a hundred percent fair. And yeah, it, and it, it holds up to me. And like, I don't know that it's all nostalgia feeling, for this record for me, but it, like, I think it holds up. I think it's great. Speaking of holds up my next pick, my third Your next pick, pick. the yeah. fifth pick of the blink universe draft. And I'm doing a little I strategy. Here. This is where I lose it. <laughs> I'm doing a little strategy here because I, okay. I think I know what I can get later. So sure. I'm going to choose something that I think may be up for grabs that I, I, I want on my squad here. And I'm oh, taking, man. I'm taking When Your Heart Stops Beating by Plus 44. Yes, that was what I was coming after, too. I I think That's this record is record. great. One of the things that makes it so good, and I didn't realize until I was re-listening to it for this, is every time Mark has done something before this, and oh, let's mm-hmm. be real, maybe even after this, the songs are written so he's singing with somebody. Like there's always a bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Even if yeah. even if it's a a mark driven track, there's somebody else on it. Sure. With this with this plus forty four record, most of the shit was written so Mark is like above without a doubt underlined the lead vocalist. Like he is the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything just feels different. Mark's voice is great. I love Mark's voice. Yeah. I think I give Mark's voice a pass for not even being that great sometimes, but I can't help <laughs> it because it's so comforting to me. Lycanthropy's a great opener. Yep. Baby Come On is a certified classic. The title track rips. Cliff Diving is incredible. Yep. The track Make You Smile with Carol Heller. I love it. I love now, it. Now, I didn't know this until I did some investigation for this. Carol Heller was supposed to be on every track. She was supposed to be a member of the band. Really? And she left early. So this is the only track that they had recorded with her. Imagine how amazing this record would be if her and Mark were harmonizing the entire time. It'd be insane. Yeah. I can't. Oh, man. Because that's my favorite song off this record. Yeah, it's so good. If they had done that the entire record, I yeah, that would be amazing. I didn't know she was supposed to be part of the band. I just figured that it was like a feature. I didn't know that either. But no, she was I'm apparently that the, the first time to today. <laughs> I also learned did you do you know how they came up with the name plus forty four? No, I have no idea. 
it was like the they were in Europe and it's like the latitude or longitude line of where they were in their time zone or something of where they decided oh, that wow. they were going to make the band. Like that's just where they decided. Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't. I don't have it written down. That's just me trying to remember what I read off fucking Wikipedia. No, that's, that's cool. Yeah. But I needed the plus 44 record because it is. Yeah. I think it hit me at just the right time because a lot of this record mm-hmm. wouldn't have been for me when it came out. And it sure probably wouldn't have been for me now, but because it hit me at this very specific time, it, it, I, I love this record. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It really, really is so good. I might've had it on vinyl before I had a blink record just cause it was easily accessible. All right. I still don't have it on vinyl, but I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for it because it is, I know there, there's a lot that I don't have on vinyl when it comes to this universe, which is hard to imagine. Cause you have fucking 800 vinyl. Yeah. I have a lot. You have a thousand vinyl. And you yeah. don't have these things that mean the world to you. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Well, because at the time when they were coming out, vinyl wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I grew past it, yeah. kind of. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. I'm back into it. And the vinyl that came out at the time it did is friggin' skyrocketed in price and yeah. hard to come by. So yeah. uh, it's difficult to get my hands on. So, Scott, please, what's your next pick? I am torn. No, that's that's uh that's a that's a oh fuck. I wanted to pull her name. Natalie Imbruglia. Is that her name? God damn it. That's her name. Yeah, yep. Okay, let me let me run you down all the names that went in my head that I knew were wrong. So sure. first up was Tori Amos. I was like, that's not right. Second nope. up was Fiona Apple. So that's not right. Th- third up you. was Cheryl Crow. That's not right. Fourth nope. up was shit. There's another one that popped up. But no, Lisa Natalie Brulia wasn't even in my head. Like I, yeah. I hit, I hit six misses before I got to that <laughs> one. I, I love that track, by the way. That track is amazing. So for my third pick, I might be playing a little strategy now too, because <laughs> I think this would be one that you would pick. But it does mean a lot to me, and I'm gonna go with Dude Ranch. Yeah, I. If I'm being honest, I thought you were gonna go earlier in the discography, earlier in the draft. Yeah, there were definite ones that I needed first. Mm-hmm. But this is the first Blink CD I ever bought. Okay. And I distinctly remember walking out of a Best Buy with my father, with it in my hands, him looking at the hype sticker on it saying, featuring the song, damn it. And my dad saying, I don't know if I should have let you get this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking especially of with the cover art of like a a bull's ass with balls hanging out. Yeah, damn, damn it, damn it's a perfect, perfect song. song yeah, and I guess this is I growing up. Love that song. That that is a song that I I loved, but did not yeah. like equate it to what it actually means for many years. Because that, as a kid, it's kind of like in all the small things when we all chanted "Work sucks." I know, and none of us had fucking jobs. Nobody, nobody worked. <laughs> yeah, we were in fucking seventh grade. None of us had jobs, and we're <laughs> chanting that like we like we just got back from the salt mines. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no this this record does mean a lot to me, but it has a lot of that dick joke humor in it that it does. doesn't quite hit home with me anymore. Okay, but it it's so good. Like for I think it was their major label debut. I think so. And this was Scott Rayner's last record. Mm-hmm. Um, it was their first record to go multi-platinum. They were on everybody's radar with that song, Damn It. It's super good. 
it feels more musically adventurous than they've been up to this point. Like they definitely ventured out of what they were used to doing. Mm-hmm. And they're, ca- they're definitely carving out the blink sound in this one. Like the, the blink sound oh, that becomes sure. known as the blink sound. Yeah. A couple of wild things though, is like they use, they have a track titled emo in 97. Yeah. Where that did that seems come early. from? Cause I didn't hear about emo until like after high school. Yeah. That seems very early. So it makes me like wonder. Yeah. Where where did this like where did it or originate like where is the etymology of the word emo and does this play well, a part in it? That's the other thing. They're a Southern California band. Mm-hmm. The thing I bo- know about like first wave emo is that it like originated in D.C. Yeah, the opposite side of the fucking country. I know one band that was essential. Wow, they started in '83, so Rites of Spring. They mm-hmm. were. They're emo royalty. They were like the first emo band. They started in 83. So they were deep into like naming it emo uh, it is crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. I I like Dude Ranch a lot, mainly because yeah. Damn It was one of the first Blink songs I heard. It was one of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar. On guitar. It is the only song that my friend would ever play on guitar. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> between between that and Carousel, I was just like, "Guy, just play something different. Just play <laughs> anything. On, something different. new, please. Play anything else. Anything. Play Smoke on the Water. I'll take that at this point." <laughs> oh God, no! But I I like Dude Ranch a lot. But like yeah. I said, it was definitely with Enema of the State when it really hit full swing with me. But For go sure. and then and then somehow going backwards to Dude Ranch, it doesn't. It definitely does not feel the way that it should. <laughs> right. Yeah. It like I said, it definitely has a certain place in in my life. And when I was growing up, this came out like I said when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. So this definitely has fifteen year old humor all over this record. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it for that. Going back and listening to it now, I don't have the same feelings. As I used to, yeah. But like, I get that nostalgia for it. And I'm like, oh man, I remember when things were so carefree, and I just didn't care. I get nostalgia for just the album cover, like just seeing the album cover, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, see it. Yeah. oh man, that's that's good stuff right there. That's good. That's right. Good. So my so next now, pick, your fourth pick, my fourth, fourth pick, pick in the draft, in the Blink Universe draft, and I think I'm still going to play yeah. strategy because I think I'm safe in that realm. I feel like I just need to take this. I don't even know if I absolutely love this, but I I like it enough that I need to have it, I think. And because it's so different than anything else on the list, I'm going to take the transplant self-titled. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's raw. It's aggressive. It's loud. It is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a whole, like honestly, it's rancid with Travis. It's rancid with Travis and skinhead Rob, which by the way, asked me how much fucking investigation I had to do this more or this week to figure out if he was a Nazi or not. Yeah. Apparently he's a skinhead of the non-racist type, which, okay. I don't know what the fuck that That is also a thing. (laughs) But then I also learned that he is a member of the Mongols, uh, motorcycle club, which are like, yeah, like, like real deal. Yeah. Like violent dudes. Yeah. So yeah. Skinhead yep. Rob is a real deal. Apparently they were enemies of the hell's angels for a really long yeah. time. They, they still sure might were. be. And I think that shit got serious. <laughs> yeah. They got real, real serious. Yeah. I remember listening to the transplants when it was like Travis, it was announced that Travis was in them. And I don't know if I yeah. was a big rancid fan at that point. Like, I don't think I was listening to a lot of rancid yet because when the self title came out, I would have been 12. 
So I just yeah. heard Transplants. I listened to it. And it, it's so different than anything Travis was a part of up until it this is, point, I yeah. believe. Yeah, they take a lot of the like reggae-ish sound of Rancid's ska roots, and they put that towards Transplants a lot. But with Travis going nuts on the on the drums and skinhead Rob rapping essentially like this is yeah, a, this is a cross yeah, yeah. it's a crossover record like it is a, it is a, yeah. before new metal was a thing even though in 02 new metal was kind of you know in full swing if not it was there. dead yeah uh, but this right. was, a, it was it was a crossover record and I, the, the recognizable Tim Armstrong vocals are great uh, this yeah. shit's still pretty hard like if you listen to this now it's still pretty diamonds hard. and guns yeah no it's wild there's some definite cringy times. Like there's some definite things like, oh, that's what we're saying. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, if Red Hot Moon is one of my favorite Rancid tracks and Skinhead Rob's featured on that. He is. I didn't even so, think of that. I didn't put that yeah, together. I didn't until I read that Skinhead Rob yeah. was featured on Red Hot Moon. And I was like, yeah, it definitely is Skinhead Rob. That's definitely who that is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I appreciated this much when I was a, like a, a young boy, a young Blink-182 fan listening right. to this. Yeah. Listening to it now with what I enjoy and without shame to what I listen to, because I had a lot of shame when I was younger, like didn't know if I was allowed to like things or <laughs> right. But I love I listen to self titled I was like, I fucking love this. This is great. This yeah. is awesome. It's super I was a big fan of it. California Babylon, which I was familiar with oh, from man. Tony Hawk's Underground. It was in the first Tony yeah. Hawk Underground video game. That song rips so hard. Dream is such a fun track. Drugs roll mm-hmm. everything around me. Dream, yeah. get the powder. It's so fucking yeah. good. <laughs> it's very enjoyable for me. It's a solid album. It's definitely not for everybody. I will just preface no. that. Like, yeah. if, if you're listening to this to to want to venture into the, the transplants, just know, do it with caution because you probably won't enjoy it. If I'm being 100 percent honest, it's gonna be yeah. So going back and listening to it this week, uh, it has been a long time since I listened to transplants. Yes, I remember the I remember that first one coming out. Uh, me picking it up because I knew, like it, it was rancid with Travis, mm. and then apparently another guy rapping, and it did not hit for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is not the mix of rancid and Blink One Eighty Two that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. um, but going back and listening to it this week, I got it. Like I understood what it was about, and I liked it a lot more. However, I didn't know they had like, like I think I knew they came out with Haunted City, um, but they like five. I didn't know they five had, records. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I knew like like you though. I knew Haunted Cities, and I think I think like like you. This didn't hit for me when I was younger. I probably listened to the second yeah. one. It didn't hit for me, and then I was just like, okay, yeah, right. That was enough. Going back this week and listening to this, I was like, I the me Dude, who I am today. The person who I am today with my interests in music, I loved it. I, yeah. I was having a blast. Like this was it. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. After I did yeah. a good two, three hours of research on Skinhead Rob to make sure he wasn't a Nazi so I could listen to this. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, big fan of the transplant. Scott, okay. please. Uh, fourth pick. My fourth pick. I'm kind of surprised that I'm getting this. Uh, I'm going with Neighborhoods. Yes. I was hoping you would. I, I didn't. I didn't feel confident enough taking it. This week is the first time okay. I've ever heard Neighborhoods. Is it really? I've never what did listened you to think? Neighborhoods. No, like coming at it as as at the age you are now, this came out in 2011. Come, so you're listening to it for the yeah. first time 11 years later. Yes. What did you think of it? 
it's well, first of all, it's wild. I never heard it. Like, I don't understand. I guess, I guess yeah, self-titled dude. really, really took me out of them. Like, I didn't even want to listen to Neighbor. It must have really put you off. Ghost on the Dance Floor is great. I like a lot of these tracks, but I hear I, Tom oh slowing God, down. Yeah. I hear Tom slowing down. He's like, up to this mm. point, Tom's vocal mannerisms and pattern was quick and like, bum, 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 bum. And now yeah, in yeah. this, he's slowing it down. And I can see, again, heading towards the sound of an Angels and Airwaves, where it's a slower, si- it's a slower singing. You're saying words slower. This came out after four Angels and Airwaves records. Yeah, so that's why then. That's 100% why. Yeah, so you're getting Angels and Airwaves, Tom, back into Blink-182. Well, I, 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 I have written down, this album is really solid, and I'm glad I get to enjoy new old yeah. Blink. And I also connect with some things sound-wise that I don't think I would have mm-hmm. connected with prior. Sure. Uh, like, because it is, it sounds it sounds like Angel and Airwaves mixed with modern Blink. Uh, and then uh, yeah. Love is Dangerous really put this one over the top for me. Love is oh, Dangerous I is a fantastic yeah. track. I, I like I liked this so record good. a lot. I almost picked this. I almost yeah. picked this. But I didn't feel confident because just hearing it, I felt like I didn't have enough skin in the game for it. I, and I knew you liked this record. I kind of sure. wanted to leave it for you. Tell me about your experience with Neighborhoods then. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because I do love this record. First listen through when it first came out in 2011, hated it. Absolutely hated it. It had nothing for me. But I gave it another listen, I don't know, a couple years after. I was like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. And then I gave it another listen a couple of years after that. I was like, God, this is so fucking good. <laughs> like it is, this was the one Blink-182 grower for me. Like okay. every other record that they came out with was perfect at the time of it coming out for me. This one I had to listen to, like I had to keep giving it a shot. If I mm. didn't keep giving it a shot, I wouldn't have liked it. I actually don't think I liked it until I found a copy on vinyl. I was like, oh, it's Blink-182, I should pick it up. And I was like, wait, I didn't like this record. Do I really want to pick it up? But I did, came home, spun it, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. There's so many different sounds on this record that like, they never done before. That Angels and Airways wasn't able to accomplish with Tom alone. This is a great mixture of grown-up Mark and grown-up Tom coming together again, finally, and putting something out that is just magnificent this is also after travis and dj am rest in peace got in that airplane crash mm-hmm. there's a lot of feeling going into this album based on that kind of stuff going on which yeah. also gives me hope because we just recently got news that tom rejoined the band and i'm hoping that it births a new record because not only has everybody gone through a whole bunch of shit, Travis has done a whole bunch with different genres. And I think him coming onto a new record with Tom and Mark would be amazing. Tom has been through a lot, like all the angels and airwave stuff. And then Mark, of course, going through his cancer, that, that battle that he had this last, what, like two years um, mm-hmm. and coming out the other end. Thank goodness. I think that's going to birth a whole lot of great music more in this serious Blink-182 vein. And I'm here for it, 100%. The songs on this record, I, I, I love. I think they're all great. 
Hearts All Gone is a big favorite of mine. Ghost on the Dance Floor, great opener. Up at Up All Night is amazing. After Midnight is fantastic. I love the MH418 2011. I think that's where Mark puts his big stamp on this record. It's it's super, super great, and I'm so glad I gave it another shot after years of not liking it. I'm I'm going to be hunting it down on vinyl now because I obviously I don't own it, but I'm I'm excited to own it now because I I really did enjoy it. I really did. I'm glad. Yeah, it's super good. So that's my fourth pick. So my final pick. I feel like this needs to be done. I I wanted to pick this record because I love this record, but I also feel like this needs to be done because I know it's not going to come from your end, right? Because <laughs> I know how you feel about Matt Skiba in Blink One Eighty Two, which is wild to me. But whatever, I'm not going to argue that. I'm taking California. It's it's crazy. I have to take California. It was the first Blink record after so long. I think Bored to Death should have been the opener. Bored to Death, I think, has a little more energy. It pops it up a little bit. Um, She's Out of Her Mind is super fun. Los Angeles, Sober, No Future, they're all real good. Built This Pole harkens back to like the humorous Blink. Like There's a little bit of Blink-182 humor in there, which I'm very appreciative of. The humor just doesn't hit for me without Tom. But Tom takes takes himself too seriously now. Like, it's hard to I know. think that. I get it. There's no getting that humor back, like from old Blink-182. But this felt like they were really trying to push it, like make sure that there was humor in it. And it just didn't work for me. And I, I'm not a fan of Matt Skiba mixing with Mark. I think their vocals are way too close together that it doesn't give that enough separation for the harmonizing. Well, see, I'm cool with just believing it's one dude then. Like, I like Matt Skiba and I like Mark Hoppus. I like both their voices. So, then they are close. But I'll just take it. I'll take them sounding similar, whatever. I like it. I I love California. I still do. It's it's probably a nine. Like, if I had to rate it, it's probably a nine for me. I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of California. I listened to it when it first came out, I think. And I didn't like it. And I listened to it again this week. I still, still didn't like it. like it. Did you listen to nine or did you just not listen to nine? I liked nine better. Okay. Which is weird. Cause that is a, I think that's a hot take. I think so too. Uh, I think most fans don't like nine at all, but I think that's because there was more separation between Mark and Matt in it. Whereas okay. they were doing their, not really doing their own thing, but having more of that, that songwriting separation it felt like well you know what really helps both of those records which i did to learn about this week john feldman writing and producing oh man john feldman is a machine he's on awesome. he's unreal he's unreal honestly like yeah it's it's unreal it is unreal but i have to say california i like blink with matt skiba i wouldn't mind hearing a blink with skiba mark and tom if that would be something that could happen that would be wild I don't think it's going to happen because as we've heard, you know, before Matt didn't even know if he was in the band. We talked about that before, Uh, but we'll see who knows, who knows what happens. It would be really interesting if they just took a turn and did like, they were a four piece now and it'd be interesting, but I had to take California. I like it a big fan of it. And I, I, I like Skiba and blink. It's just a different blink. It doesn't take away from the other blink to me. Okay. So what is your final pick then, Scott? My final pick, I knew I was going to be safe with holding this one off because uh, you weren't a huge fan of the record we talked about, 
Um, but I'm not I'm not going to take We Don't Need to Whisper. I'm taking I Empire from Angels and Airwaves. This one, I, I do love We Don't Need to Whisper. I think it's amazing in its own right. But I Empire feels like this is where Angels and Airwaves solidified where they were going with their music. The songs don't really drag out as much as uh, We Need to Whisper. Um, but there's still that atmospheric kind of like spacey vibe to it and i i love it i think uh everything's magic is a banger of a song uh, i think it's fantastic call to arms is a great opener love like rockets is amazing right of spring is along the same lines as letters to god for me from the okay. boxcar album it just it is amazing it is fantastic and heaven is an amazing closer i empire is is i think angels and airwaves best record i have no opinion yeah did you listen to any angels and airwaves this week at all what answer do you want <laughs> i want the truth no no didn't even it didn't even cross yeah, my I mind didn't to try. <laughs> I, I i knew that's why i was pretty secure in keeping this my last pick <laughs> that's why i kept California for my last pick because I knew you weren't going to pick any Skiba. Yep. All right. Well, so to run down what we got here, I got Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Enema of the State, Plus 44, Transplant Self-Titled, and California. And I got Self-Titled. I got Boxcar Racer. I got Dude Ranch. I got Neighborhoods and I Empire from Angels and Airwaves. And I'm going to be honest. That was my entire list of what I wanted from this draft. I got, I couldn't be happier. If I could have got self-titled, I would have been complete, but I'm fine. Like I'm very happy with what I got getting those first two. I'm so excited about. I, I think this draft more than many of maybe all the other ones really shows the difference we are in things, but also how similar we are in music. Like it's really interesting. Yeah, it is wild uh, because we both appreciate stuff from the other records that each other picked, but there's a definite line where we like, we know what we love and these are the ones we had to have. Mm -hmm. I think this draft may paint me as more of a Tom fan uh, (laughs) than a Mark fan, but I really, really love that plus 44 record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that, that actually was on my list too, but because you took it, like, I, I obviously couldn't take it, uh, but you took it at three. I was thinking I might get it a little bit later, but, um, yeah, it's so, so good. Like I said, super happy with how this draft turned out. I think we're, I think we both ended up on the same level of excitement that we went into it with. I think so. And I'm, I'm glad we did it. I loved this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of these drafts. You know that. Other than these discographies that we were listening to, Scott, what's your record of the week? Man, this record, I this, I had a whole time with this record. Um, I found it midweek from like a Facebook ad that sometimes oh. bands pop up and they're like, oh, check out our album. And then I never check it out. But for some reason, this one stuck out to me. So I listened to it on Amazon and fell so head over heels in love with this thing. It is ridiculous. I ordered the vinyl. It's supposed to be here next week sometime. It is 
the band No Devotion, the record is No Oblivion. Okay. No Devotion is The Lost Prophets and Jeff Rickley from Thursday doing the vocals. So it's not the it's not the bad guy from Lost Prophets, right? No, no, no. He he was the vocalist from Lost Prophets. He okay. was he's out. He's gone. Okay. Okay, I was worried. I was really worried for a second. Yeah, this is Jeff Wrigley from Thursday doing vocals, but this is them sounding nothing like each other's bands. This is them doing like a Cure or Joy Division impression. I'm glad you found it. <laughs> like that's that sounds right up your alley. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny because I wouldn't have gotten into this so heavy, I don't think, if we didn't do The Cure as the one of the last episodes I gave you. Yeah. It's so wild, dude. I almost want to bring it to you for one of these episodes that we do for the podcast, but it just came out in like September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a soon one, but hey, it's on you. You get to decide what you bring. I know, I know. And, and I kind of want to, but I kind of don't want to. Um, but it, it is amazing. It, it, it took me over completely. Um, I went back and listened. I didn't know they had a previous record that came out in 2015. I went back and listened to that and it is phenomenal, but I can't find a freaking physical copy and I'm, it's driving me nuts. Um, (laughs) but I'll, I'll get there eventually, hopefully. But yeah, this thing is, it's fantastic. It's only eight, eight tracks long, but it just, it, oh God, dude, it's so, so good. Like I, hesitated talking to you about it to save it for this show yes but like throughout the week i wanted to message you so many damn times yeah i i knew you told me that you fell in love with an album and you didn't say what it was so i knew you were saving yeah. it for the show <laughs> yeah it's it's so so good it's so good emily even loves it like she loves it and she's like i'm surprised do you like it at all and i was like <laughs> no i love this thing it's amazing <laughs> Well, my record of the week is a little different than that. Yeah. It is from the rapper B.A. Bad. That's B period A space B.A.D.D. It is the record Everybody Eats First Plate. And it's very interesting. It's very Griselda sounding. He's not signed to Griselda. Conway has a feature on here. Oh, okay. But it's I could see him seamlessly floating in Griselda. I'm glad he's not, though, because I like the idea that Griselda-type music is being made by people other than Griselda. That means it's catching on and real hip-hop. Yeah. Quote-unquote, real hip-hop. I'm not I using like it. Too. I'm not using it as a pejorative to put down any other hip-hop, but, like, this type of hip-hop <laughs> right. is coming back, and I love it. I love to hear it. I think this dude may be a bad dude. Like, I think he may have... Oh, no. <laughs> he, he may have 100% done every single thing he's rapping about, and it's kind of scary at oh, times but wow. like i heard somebody say before i'd rather have a, i'd rather have them coming out of my speakers than into my window 100 <laughs> <laughs> so but that's it scott thank you for the blink draft had a great time yeah thank you super stoked about it i i have been super stoked about it since we talked about it like months and months ago I loved the idea of doing it. I love the idea of building upon this kind of draft. Um, I think it's just so much fun. These drafts are so great. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter at AOLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Tell us another band or idea for drafts. We have a few, but we're always willing to take suggestions. Uh, join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes.
Go listen to Blink-182. Are you listening? Are you listening? If you're a great drummer, why do you got to be riding a roller coaster around the fucking stage? Crazy now to think that it really is 20 years now lost. Oh, there's a fucking hornet in here. Your boy was putting his penis inside of a vagina for the first time.